Welcome to In the Making. I'm Selena, and today we're going to talk about Sabbath, rest, and enjoyment of God. To me, those those three ideas are really tied together, and I think I see this uh, the most in Genesis. And it could just be because I'm studying Genesis right now that I see this the most in Genesis when God is creating the earth and he is just delighting in it as he creates it. He says it is good every every time he finishes creating it. And on the seventh day, I just feel like there's this attitude of resting in the enjoyment of his creation. He's like, I made all this great things and now I'm going to rest and enjoy the good things that I have made. Um, And I think that when we talk about rest, sometimes we make it sound really boring because we're like, oh, this is like a holy day and you know, got to go to church or do these things. And we really suck the enjoyment and fun and delight that God actually wants to invite us into. And so we're going to talk about why Christians are boring. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that might come up. Not wrong. <laughs> but we're going to talk about enjoying God, enjoying rest, and this beautiful gift of Sabbath that God gives us today. And I'm so excited. I, I feel like I say I'm so excited every episode, um, but I am. But especially this one, because I have three guests, which I don't think I have three guests for any of the other episodes, but I have three guests, and they're all amazing people. I've got Graham Hines, who is, I now need to like pull it up because to me, <laughs> Graham Hines is good friend, former co-worker, um, but he is also the director of Young Adult Ministries at Grace Toronto Downtown. We have Wendy Stringer, who is also a good friend and uh, mentor slash director of discipleship at Grace Toronto as well. And then Emily, also good friend, but also team leader, not director, though we can say director if we want, um, because we can do what we want, Um, but team leader of Ottawa University and and Carleton. Um, And so thanks for deciding to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, so um, maybe we should just start off by briefly explaining what Sabbath is. Emily, why don't you start us off? like you could do a whole podcast on that question alone but yeah I think um Sabbath is something that I have more recently in my walk with God gotten into probably this the past two years or so started to understand Sabbath more um I think all of my thoughts on Sabbath are stolen from other people so I'll just put that out there right now probably everything I say in this podcast is just stolen from uh, other people's wisdom but um The thing that comes to mind first is uh, just the definition of Sabbath from the Hebrew uh, sabbat, which means to stop and to delight, which I think just ties in with what you were saying about God creating uh, the world. And um, yeah, I love that picture too of every day there is a picture of uh, of Sabbath, um, of like stopping and delighting in what he made. And then on that seventh day, devoting a whole day to just stopping uh, his work and just delighting, like you said, in what he had created. Um, So yeah, that stopping and that delighting, I think is what really sums up Sabbath for me. I, I, you know, I thought Emily's answer was a great one. And um, just to add on to it, I, uh, like Emily, am an ideas thief. And um, there's a book by Peter Cesaro called Emotionally Healthy Leadership that has a chapter on Sabbath. And, um, he had a really great definition where he talked about uh, four elements, the Sabbath, uh, a 24 hour period where we cease from all work, both paid work and unpaid work, where we um, engage in delight and we contemplate God. And, uh, and for me, I just feel like um, he really hit the nail on the head with those four elements. Mm-hmm. Graham, can you repeat them again? Yeah, 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. stop from work, paid and unpaid, enter into delight, and contemplate God. Hmm. I've, I've uh, read something very similar by, or heard, I think I heard it on a podcast by John Mark Comer, um, where he says, stop, rest, delight, and worship. And so I feel like there are these common themes there already that we can see with Sabbath. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Wendy, do you have something to add? Yeah, I I like Graham and um, Emily's ideas. I, I was thinking of um, the Sabbath as well over the past couple of days as being sort of um, ironically a work of faith and rest where you um, the work that you do is to have faith in a God who is so big and has accomplished everything that you can actually rest. Um, I think when Jesus said, um, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think that the Sabbath can provide a sort of um, a tangible opportunity for us, for for, for me to sort of lean into that rest, to do that work of leaning into the rest and learning how to um, believe and exercise great faith in what my heart so often doubts, and that is just the completed work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, which gives us rest. And I want to practice that rest in Christ. I want to learn to believe more and more um, that there is rest for the burdened and the weary. So I think that's what Sabbath is about, to, to work towards believing and seizing by faith uh, that there is rest for the weary and the burdened, and it is a great delight. Yeah, maybe on that note um, of of Jesus offering us rest, what what does that mean, and and how does He give us rest? I think that there are um, things that He has given to His people, sort of universally, um, things like weekly worship with other believers, um, things like daily speaking with God and hearing from God through his word or um, sort of the community fellowship within within the church and even the sacraments like the Lord's Supper that those are sort of avenues into rest that are given to the whole church. Um, I think also though there are really unique ways that that God has given rest to his people, uh, to individuals that is unique to them and to who they are. And I think part of the work of entering into Sabbath rest is asking, um, who has God made me to be? What do I love to do? What are the loves and the passions and the enjoyments that he's planted in in my heart? And then to go to those things, to go to those places um, and to stay there a while. Yeah, Emily and Graham, do you have anything that you guys like to add on to that? I 100% agree with everything that you said. That's why you're on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think what um, Wendy is getting at with that is that we are holistic beings, that God has created us, um, not just as spiritual beings or physical beings um, that need to stop working. Um, but yeah, that there's elements of our... Um, just like our emotional being that needs to find rest, um, whether that's carrying burdens throughout the week of people in our lives that we're caring for, um, whether that's just the the friction of living in a culture that just tells us to depend on ourselves and to hustle and hurry and to uh, reach all of our goals and our own strength. Um, I think there's something about rest that is um, like a reset for us or like a coming home where we remember who we are and who our God is and um, yeah it's a sense of I get a picture of just like coming back under the wings um, of our father and just being able to let all of the worries and cares and burdens of our life um, go and know that he has total control over those things and that we can cease our striving and just know um, that he is our God and he cares for us and that he's going to take care of all of those things that um, our limits in every area cannot possibly um, allow us to control. And yeah, it's a a recognizing that um, we have those limits. And um, I think our world tells us that those limits are a bad thing and to continue just to like push them. You see that like physically with like Olympic athletes, it's just like constantly push what your body can do, push the, even I think it's seeped into the church, like push your, what you can do for God. Right. And um, yeah, we forget that God actually created us with those limits to 
to remind us that we are not God and we need him and we need to come back and, and depend on his strength um, and his love and his spirit at work within us um, to accomplish what he has for us to accomplish. And so, yeah, I just get that picture of rest being like an all-encompassing, holistic coming back to like the root of, um, of who we are in God. I love that. The word that's coming to my mind, Emily, as you're saying that is freedom or liberation. And I'm thinking back to the, the Exodus story when God's children were slaves in Egypt and they had no Sabbath, right? They just worked all day, every day, all year. Um, and in Deuteronomy five, um, when God reminds them of the Sabbath, he, he also reminds them that they were formerly slaves in Egypt. And, and so I, I think it's, it's, um, it's interesting that at one point there was a Pharaoh, like a taskmaster who was forcing God's children to work nonstop. And, um, in the Sabbath, God is inviting us to participate in freedom from that. Um, and I just think it's a really good point that, um, that you're making Emily about, um, how culture can kind of be like a a pseudo Pharaoh in a sense saying that, you know, you, you are to work nonstop. And so I think when we are invited into Sabbath to participate in it, we're actually participating in the freedom that God has bought for his children to say, you're not defined by your work, but you're, you're my adopted child and I've liberated you. Yeah. love that. And that really, that really does take faith, faith in what, that God has already completed the work for us, like faith in the gospel to be able to say, okay, my culture defines my value and worth in these things, but I'm actually going to stop because I'm not defined by those things. Um, I'm defined by who Jesus says I am and what he has already accomplished for me. Um, yeah, I was reading, I, I, have this like spiritual disciplines handbook by Adele Calhoun and it just has like different um, spiritual activities and so I decided to read the one on Sabbath and she talked about how like it was this like 24-hour period where um, the Jewish people would um, stop from working you know and they would enjoy one another um, and like there would be these like prayers and blessings and all these things. But um, she said this, it says, they woke on Sabbath morning to a world they didn't make and a friendship with God they didn't earn. And I think like that really struck me. It's like, there's so much faith in resting because we can't actually earn things and we can't earn a friendship with God. Um, But when we actually rest, we're resting in the fact that we have we have the goodness of God already for us. And so we can say no to all these other things that maybe offer us like false hopes, essentially. I'm trying to imagine what my days and weeks would look like, my years, if I woke up every morning saying, I am waking to a world I did not create and walking into a friendship that I did not earn. I think it would not just change my rest, I think it would change my work. I think it would change so many things um, because I, I think Sabbath as a day is so significant and um, I would love for myself and to, to just keep going back to that that full day of, of Sabbath rest but I also know that through my Monday to Saturday I also need a Sabbath rest my anxious doubting heart needs a sabbath rest you know almost minute by minute and so i love that quote selena i think that would be something that would really change um how i wake up how i work yeah how i love and i think that's the design of sabbath is that it's supposed to not just be a day where it's like great i feel rested now i can just go back to the grind but actually that it's supposed to change us and Mm -hmm. change how we work change the rest of our days. Um, yeah, that it's not supposed to be something that we just feel like we desperately need at the end of the week because we've pushed so hard in our limits, but that it's actually a rhythm in our life of, um, yeah, continually coming in and going out and coming in and going out. Um, and that it actually makes our week more restful as well, that we experience that rest more often um, in the day to day. That, yeah, that's good. Um, Wendy, I like how you mentioned um, how that understanding of Sabbath 
and of the created order would change the way that you work as well. One of the, the other points I took away from that, that chapter in the Peter Cesaro book um, is the fact that we don't just have a Sabbath as a day off so that we can work better and come back to work rejuvenated, but that Sabbath is a gift in and of itself. Um, and I think that really is a distinguishing feature that separates it from maybe how our culture perceives a day off. You know, like a day off so I can recharge and then go hard the next week. Um, but yeah, Sabbath is even independent of that. It's um, mm. it's just a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And so Wendy kind of alluded to this already, how God has actually uniquely designed each of us to find a rest and enjoyment in God. How, how have you found rest and enjoyment of God? What does that actually look like for you? So I am not a um, contemplative personality who... Uh, sits like quietly in a closet with a candle and uh, um, my love language or just yeah or like studies the bible for two hours um my my enjoyment of god is um well i'll give you a couple of practical examples i love hosting people for dinner parties i like having good food and um just good laughs or for games or or just good conversation um i think another way i experience god personally is um, engaging in the arts in Toronto. So I love going to the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. I love going to Mervish and musical theater. Um, I just find like, I've really experienced the goodness of God in those moments. And this one, it's increasingly becoming mine. It's actually my wife's, so it's it's imposed on me each Sabbath. <laughs> um, she loves nature and um, just getting outside in the fresh air. And so we, we have a tandem bike that we hook uh, a chariot too with my daughter at the back so we have like a, the longest bike in Toronto and we just like <laughs> we bike into the, the woods or we bike by the lake um, and that's the way she really experiences God and I'm, I'm starting to enter into that as well I really want to try this tandem bike um, I just learned how to ride a bike this summer so I feel like <laughs> now's my opportunity you know even before we could have put you in the chariot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to sit in the chariot too. I want all the seats. You know, got to test every every seat out. I'm sorry, I got distracted there by <laughs> by the tandem bike. But that's fair distraction. Yeah, one thing that you said that I think is really great is is like just this idea that. Um, we like worship God by enjoying the things that he has given us or like by enjoying art and all these things. Like, I think that it might be surprising for people to hear, to hear that, like that, um, you can have fun or, (laughs) (laughs) and and, and the fun. How sad is that? (laughs) (laughs) This might shock our Christian listeners that Sabbath could be playful. (laughs) (laughs) But and that fun could be a form of worship. Mm. Like, it's actually like it, listening to good music and enjoying that actually mm. produces worship in our heart toward God. Like that could be when it like we talked about worship being one of the elements that should be a part of Sabbath. But it's like I worship God when I eat a really great meal, like mm. because it's so good. And um, I like to thank God as I'm eating it. <laughs> you know, mm. not just before I'm like when it's a good meal I'm like oh you made all these flavors you know what I mean um and I think I think that that might be very different for many people who just haven't heard of worshiping God through enjoyment of him um yeah and one of my favorite verses is um Psalm 1611 and it says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and I just think like God has given us these like amazing pleasures in life that I feel like we should be enjoying more like for him and for his glory and like pointing it back to worship him instead of just like to satisfy ourselves. anyways this is maybe my little like fun rant on enjoyment (laughs) yeah now I I do I want to hear um Wendy and Emily's um, like what they enjoyed and what they delight in on the yes, Sabbath as well. Too. Just before you ladies hop in, I, I would say that I think maybe that's, uh, again, a distinguishing mark of Sabbath versus a day off where you do that thing that you delight in, um, like a delicious meal with great friends. Um, perhaps one of the ways that we contemplate God at that moment is is even just like as we're entering the Sabbath, asking that we could see 
his presence in those things or like his fingerprints um, over that the score of that beautiful music because that's a challenge for me often on the Sabbath I'll do those things I delight in maybe without that contemplative um, or even just asking God to show himself to me in those moments um, that's something I need to work on but what Wendy and, and Emily how about you guys what are some of the the things you like to delight in on the Sabbath yeah I think um, what Selena was saying just really resonates with me as actually a very um, new concept for me. I'm someone who grew up in a very traditional background. The word holy to me was like uh, fear and reverence. <laughs> and so when the scripture says um, to set aside the Sabbath as a, a solemn rest or a holy day, to me, my mind just jumps back to my childhood of like, holiness being um, this big empty building that feels cold and um, like fearful. And so I think for a long time, I really practiced Sabbath. Um, when when I did practice it, it wasn't super regular, but when I did, I had this mindset of um, I need to do this for God. And it's an act of reverence and fear of God in my life. Um and so it was a very just like kind of cold day or an obligation. Um, and so I am someone who is very contemplative and love to just like what you were saying, Graham, about sitting in the word for hours on end. I'm like, that is my dream day. Um, no people, I'm like super introverted. I'm just like, yes, silence, solitude. Um, I love those things. Um, but I think I you can still do those things apart from God. And I think that was my experience of Sabbath was me still striving um, to know God in my own strength and to meet with God in my own strength um and there was a a void of delighting in God and in the good gifts that he had given and so um yeah I think that's something that's newer in my life is um expanding my experience of delighting in God and seeing the the good things um that he has given me not as something to um, that like take me away from God or that I should put aside for God but that they actually lead me to delight in God um, yeah. And so for me, sitting in the word for a long portion of my Sabbath is super restful for my soul. I love to journal. I love to just sit and think. And, um, like I can, I read a passage and like one word will put me on like a two hour research project about what that means and how that applies to my life. And I just like find so much life, um, and enjoyment of God um, in just having my mind blown by scripture and how his fingerprints are so um, evident in so many ways and just, yeah, prophecies being fulfilled or just what Hebrew words mean, like that stuff just riles me. I love it. <laughs> we are different, Emily, but that's, it's good. <laughs> Slightly strange. I know, I know, it's true. Um, <laughs> but I also have come to learn to just like delight in my relationships. And so spending time with, um, friends and family that actually give me life. Not all of my friends and family give me life. Some of them are, are more draining. I love them, but some of them are just not as life-giving to be around. So I'm choosy about the people that I spend time on my Sabbath with. Um, but yeah, going for coffee pre-corona. Uh, good old days. Uh, but like, yeah, going for coffee with one of my best friends and just talking about how we see God at work in our lives and what he is teaching us. Um, for me, I love just like baking and cooking. And so I spend a good portion of my day doing those things. And yeah, I try to, um, there's some things I try to avoid as well. I don't know if this is another question, but, um, for me, I find like technology super distracting, um, for me. And so I do try to like make my Sabbath a day of, of solitude and just like, disconnecting from the world as much as I can um, and maybe connecting in, with God in in different ways. Um, yeah, nature is also a big one for me. I think just I'm a country girl, so and I live, <laughs> in the, live in the city. I don't know if you can call the suburbs of Ottawa the city, but it was like basically as close as I could get to the country and still be in city limits. But uh, yeah, so for me, like just getting out in nature just really reminds me of who God is and yeah, fills my heart with awe for him. And yeah, those are some of the ways. It's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I have a pretty, um, like a, a, a daily sort of thing that happens that um, always. And then that's sort of a little bit more amplified on Sunday. But sort of daily, I do wake up early um, and I do uh, read the good book. Before I read God's Word, though, I, I usually read a couple of poems and almost always by Mary Oliver, who, oh, she's just my spirit animal. She's just, she's just warm and she primes the pump and then, and then I'll read his word. And then I'll usually from, I would say from about March until November, I'm out in the garden in the back. Uh, I would say that um, gardening for me has, is probably one of the most um, tangible proofs to me um, uh, that, that he is with me and that he loves me that he governs and cares for the world and I'm part of that world. So there's a lot of rest in there when I'm schlepping compost and there's just like sweat pouring down, but there's just this inner joy that I feel like, I feel like so many things. I feel like I'm, you know, keeping that first great commission to till and keep the land. I feel like I'm, um, he's close to me, that he is the gardener and I'm his under gardener. And there's just so much delight in his created world that I get and I love, I love it. There's so much rest. And then, you know, during the week, then there's a lot of work and there's a lot of family. There's always cooking. We make a point of like sitting and, and eating um, a cooked meal. So I love that. That's also, there's some kind of connection there with food and family and friends. That's very meaningful and restful for me. And then I fall asleep every night reading um, a detective novel, a cheesy detective <laughs> novel by like Louise Penny or Agatha Christie. And I'll tell you, like when I'm getting ready and I can feel my body winding down, and I'm thinking about getting under the covers with my Kindle and like Louise Penny, um, the book, not the woman, which would be totally ungodly and not appropriate Sabbath rest at all. Um, I'm so thankful. Like, I'm just so thankful that God has provided those things for me so that I can rest and put the day to rest. And then on Sunday, those things are just kind of amplified, you know, before pre-COVID, right, Emily? Friends were in the home, people from church were in the home, family comes home, we cook, we eat, you know, there's worship, there's still time in the garden, um, which I think just, you know, like even just the three of us, and well, Selena being so very different, it doesn't look the same. And I, I want mm -hmm. people to know that it's not some formal scary thing like what Emily was referring to like her upbringing in the church that there is an invitation to enjoy and rest in the things that he's made you for uniquely you like that yeah there's there's worship in church and sometimes it's hard to show up at church I get that there's all those things that seem like duties but they're all designed for our rest and and for the assurance we have that we are cared for and loved for loved by God um, and yeah, so I think it's interesting that we're all so different. Um, and yet these are the ways that God gives his good gift of rest. So in preparation for this podcast, I decided to like make sure that I actually took some like Sabbath rest and like try to do like full days. Um, it's actually, I, I actually find like choosing it really difficult, not because I don't desire it. Like I really, really want it, but I'm, I, I'm such a like, people pleaser addicted to my phone like if I get a text I need to respond straight away and I feel guilty telling people actually I'm spending time with God like right now <laughs> you know um when they're like yes. asking me about work things like I've these are the things that I even picked up just as I attempted like it was not perfect as I attempted to do Sabbath rest but the things that I actually decided um to do this time I got my nails done mm -hmm. um as a way to like I think one of the things that I'm learning right now in my relationship with God is loving the body that he has given me that this is like he has created this for him and so in a response of like this is this is like a way for me to like care and enjoy um for enjoy it I guess and enjoy like the pretty colors I got all different colors because um the last time I got my nails done I just got like pink and I was like you know let's let's switch it up uh, <laughs> and I 
I got an Aperol spritz and I read um, a book on the body and um, to learn more about this body that God has given me. And and I, I actually did feel like really um, at rest in those times and was in conversation with God about my body. I feel like um, it is, I, I think I am a bit more contemplative uh, maybe than Graham, <laughs> um, but maybe not as much as Emily. Like I'm somewhere in the middle where, um, I don't know, uh, where I love, I love praying and thinking about things with God and, and, uh, discussing things with him. I'm, I'm very much like Erica Graham's wife who loves nature. Like nature produces that worship instantaneously in my heart. Like, mm. I wish I could plant plants, um, but they all <laughs> die, <laughs> but I appreciate them. And one of my favorite things in, in this COVID season has actually been hammocking. Like I go on walks all the time and I hammock and I just watch the trees and I watch the wind blow through the trees. And I'm like, man, all creation is like shouting praises to God all the time. And I'm just mm. watching creation praise him and joining him in that and um i also you know read my bible too <laughs> and, and as well as a as a part of um sabbath but that one actually is also uh, harder for me um though i do enjoy it it's harder to like okay selena now pay attention <laughs> to what this is saying and ignore the world but then i am often i do feel at rest in those moments um as well um, yeah, I thought I'd share like a little bit of my own, um, in there so that you guys know, and just to see the variety of how God has made us to be. I remember on mission trips, we have like a day off and I'm always looking for an adventure on my day off. Um, but to me that actually is Sabbath rest, like finding adventure, like climbing a mountain, going under a waterfall even if it gives you a concussion <laughs> like those things those things produce so much joy and worship in my heart and are a way for me to stop from working and get engrossed in something so outside of my normal day-to-day -day and and be filled with the joy of the lord um but that's not for everybody, for sure. <laughs> I've had students tell me that it is not for them, so that, that it's fun, but they do not experience God in that experience, and so um, it's a little different. What? So my next question is, is how do you actually do this in the day-to-day? -day? Wendy, you kind of talked about that a little bit, having um, these like practices or rhythms in your day-to-day -day that help you experience God. And Emily, you also mentioned that it's just like, it's not enough to just have one day a week or, you know, one day a month, which is probably more how accurate to my life of me actually doing Sabbath. But um, we need rest daily. Like our, our physical bodies need rest. Our emotional selves need rest. Our spiritual selves need rest. What do you guys do day to day to enjoy God and to rest in him? Great question. Um, yeah, I think there's a few things. I think the rhythm, the more that I actually stop and rest weekly and Sabbath weekly, the more able I am to rest throughout the week. I find that the things that God really speaks to me in that extended time with him and that extended just celebration of life with him the more it comes to mind throughout the week uh, to follow. And so there's often times that even without really trying, those things just pop back into my mind of the things that I was celebrating or the good gifts he revealed to me or um, just elements of his character that I had been thinking about. Yeah, I think a daily like time in his word is something that I actually find harder than my weekly Sabbath. <laughs> um, but it's something that I am working on. I've actually just yesterday started a reading plan and roped some friends into it to help me <laughs> keep me accountable to that time in the word. And uh, yeah, time to to really journal and think about. I think as a someone who is more contemplative, I find time to actually do that, to just like journal through. Often I'm just like talking to God about the things that are rolling around in my mind and I'm thinking about those times um, when I go a long period between like journaling and taking that time to really think about things 
um, I find I get really overwhelmed and Mm. those things just like build up in my mind that I don't have time to process them. So yeah, making that more of a a daily habit um, is a way that I find rest from, I think that's one thing maybe specifically unique to me is that, yeah, my brain just gets overwhelmed with thoughts. And so if I don't take that time to rest like mentally with the Lord and give all of those things over to him, um, I find that it's really difficult to, to rest throughout the week. And so that's one of the ways, um, that I do journaling is a big, big part of my rhythm of rest. Um, spending time with, with friends that really encourage me and build me up. Um, I try to meet with my mentor every week or every other week. That's something that just really grounds me in my identity and uh, encourages me in my walk with the Lord and to make him a priority in the day to day. Yeah, I think even those little delights like baking or cooking, I think in the hustle and the hurry, those are sometimes the first things to go. Um, And I find, you know, skip the dishes gets called more often and uh, and those kind of things. And so those are signs to me that I'm like, I'm not resting well when I'm not making time, um, whether I'm, yeah, if I'm anxious about all the things in my head um, and just feeling overwhelmed or I find, um, yeah, I'm leaning into more like convenience things. Um, yeah, those are signs to me that I'm, I'm just not really taking the time to rest well throughout the week maybe backwards to your question but yeah no it's helpful yeah I I also get very overwhelmed by my thoughts and find journaling helpful I also find um like walking helpful for some strange reason like the act of walking and praying just clears my mind so much more than I don't know trying to sit in a room with no pen and paper (laughs) um it it builds up for sure Mm mm-hmm Emily, I really like what you said about when you note that you've been calling skip the dishes, uh, <laughs> that, that it's a sign that maybe rest has left the building. And I, I, I find that very, um, very helpful, actually. I like the kind of diagnostic question it frames in my head, which is, um, like, what are the really good gifts that God is giving me that I'm not participating in? Um, and could that be a sign that I'm not resting, um, in him and well, I, I, that, I think that's really great. I wanted to say too, that another sort of weekly pattern, um, that had, or rhythm that's developed for me, which may seem strange and even slightly, um, hard for people, but it's, it's been actually, um, taking care of, um, you know, past um, traumas and difficulties in my life, which have um, put in a pattern of um, sort of fear and disbelief in my life, which then seriously impedes my um, desire or ability to rest in Christ um, and in his love for me. How a traumatic experience or childhood can reframe how we wrongly reframe how we view God, our relationship with him and to him. And so that kind of um, really hard work of looking at the things that have broken us and harmed us and asking God to um, transform and resurrect from the dead and um, will help us to see rightly. And I think it helps um, revive uh, and reorient our hearts towards a belief and faith that says, I will rest, I can rest, um, because his love and his work for me is completely sufficient and enough. And I believe, Lord, but would you daily help my unbelief? And here's the controversial part. For me, part of that was seeing a counselor and my medical doctor and having prescribed for me a small little white pill and the rhythm is every morning I wake up and I take that pill so that fears and um, you know hormonal fears, hormonal depression, my proclivity towards those things are, are balanced um, and it really does alleviate a tremendous burden so that I can 
again, reorient and refocus, um, not on my fears and the cyclical thoughts that are in my head, um, but on Christ and his word and his voice. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think that's really helpful because there's, I think there's so many things that we can do to take care of ourselves. Yeah, things like taking our, the medication that we need or like vitamins or exercise or eating good food that actually are really important because they do change the way that we think about God, think about ourselves, think about the world, and whether we truly can find our enjoyment and rest in God. Um, and that it, it's like in the small decisions that we make every day, um, not just like the big ones that um, impede on our rest and our enjoyment of him. Mm-hmm. Graham, what about for you? What are some practices or rhythms that you find that you do every day to connect and enjoy God? Hmm. I'll take the question from a, a slightly different angle. Um, sure. Do whatever uh, you want. You are, <laughs> you are free, remember? We were talking about freedom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I think that one of the things that can be helpful is um, is making a list of things that are life-giving mm-hmm. and things that are life-draining in our lives. Um, or even activities that make us feel closer to God that seemingly don't have any spiritual significance at all. Um, or activities that make us feel farther from Him that mm-hmm. also seemingly have no spiritual significance. So a couple examples of those would be if I wake up and have a good cup of English breakfast tea first thing in the morning, um, I actually feel closer to God in that mm-hmm. moment as as opposed to missing that. Um, there can also be... Um, you know, like if I watch, I don't know, Saturday morning, if I watch a full movie on Netflix, that's not spiritually significant necessarily, but actually I find that makes me feel kind of numb and drained mm-hmm. um, for some reason, doing that activity at that time of day. And again, I think God has made each of us different. For someone that could be really, that could actually make them feel really close to God to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, it's a bit knowing yourself knowing the, um, those things that, that help you experience God and feel close to him and carving out spaces for those and having an awareness that, you know, Hey, if exercise is a way that you actually feel alive and feel close to God and you had no time for exercise last week, then maybe something needs to change. That's great. Graham, that's so practical and helpful. I couldn't help but think, what about life draining people? (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's six other days for them. (laughs) Yeah, and and it's a a good point, Selena, because, I mean, obviously there are things in life that are draining that we have Mm -hmm. to do, right? Um, But I think it's having an appropriate balance of those things. Yeah, like, Graham, that you mentioned awareness of, like, ourselves and how we are created uniquely how we connect best to God. And I think something else that comes to mind um, that I've been thinking a lot more about lately is also just awareness of our culture and how mm. it is, what it's saying to us, how it's shaping us without us even really knowing it. And um, in simple ways, like our phones, right? Like we are, I read something yesterday that said like the average like iPhone user touches their phone like over 2,000 times a day. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Now I'm, like, really conscious of, like, touching my phone. I'm, like, think, like, oh, I should look that up. No, don't touch my phone. <laughs> then I'm, like, oh, no, I actually really need to touch my phone. But um, it's just crazy to me to, like, think about those things. And um, I know uh, John Mark Comer and Jefferson Bethke have a podcast on spiritual rhythms. And one of the kind of main ideas that helps shape their thoughts on on spiritual rhythms is really this idea of resisting culture and I think that's another element of Sabbath is um, that it's almost like a a fight to resist culture shaping us more than Jesus shapes us Mm. Um, and so I think there's an element there too of just needing yes to be aware of of how we are uniquely wired but then also be so aware of how culture is trying to shape us um, and resisting those things as well. I love that. Yesterday, um, Graham and I were part of a staff meeting and our our co-worker Tarak um, was just sharing some thoughts from the word and just along the lines of culture and and Sabbath. um, He he said that um, 
Christians exercising Christ-centered rest or Sabbath rest are actually proclaiming to the world the loving work of Jesus Christ for them to see, for the watching world to see and, and wonder about and maybe long for themselves. And so it kind of changed how I view that passage in the New Testament where Jesus um, tells the Pharisees that um, Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the Sabbath. Mm. And I've always thought, well, that means that the Sabbath is there for me to enjoy and lay hold of and be laid hold of. And I think that's true. But when Tarak was talking yesterday, I thought, what if also um, my Sabbath rest, my experience and practice of it is for my neighbor? And it proclaims to them that there is a God who gives rest, who who um, who beckons the weary and the burdened to come and to receive His rest. Could my neighbor Doug, could my neighbor Ali, um, sort of see Christ's rest if I were to lay hold of it and practice it? Yeah, I think it's such a strong statement to the world that you know everyone else who is out there hustling seven days a week to make life happen and, and take a hold of all the good things that they're trying to take hold of, that we as God's people can actually stop and that we don't have to strive uh, to obtain the life that we desire and that it's actually in the stopping and the meeting with God that we obtain that abundant life that we're after. I think that's such a, a powerful picture to the world. And I think that does stem back, like you're saying, to to Israel and God's design that Israel would, yes, be a people that just so experience God's love for them in unique ways, but that that would also be a picture to the nations of, of who he is and his power to change everything in our lives and totally reorient our lives. Um, yeah. In a, in this abundant life, picture and so yeah that was actually for me the piece as I started kind of getting into Sabbath that was actually the element for me that really clicked first before I kind of came to see this enjoyment and delight in God was actually this conviction that wow the Sabbath is not just something that God tells me if you if you feel like you need some rest Mm -hmm. take it or if you you know you want to delight in me for a day feel free but it's actually was a command to his people Mm -hmm. um I think in that is his heart for his people and and care um for them to experience that holistic thriving but also his heart for the nations to see that he was God and that they too could experience him in relationship with him so I, I love everything you guys are saying, like so much. I'm so glad you guys are here. Yeah, I, I love that you pointed out that the Sabbath is a command and that really all the commands actually do go back to the first command of loving God and loving neighbor. And that's what we're saying here is like Sabbath actually helps us to love God, experience the love that he has done for us and to love our neighbor as well as fight the man and who doesn't want to fight the man (laughs) I like the idea of resistance you know I I, um, remember a quote from I'm just like on a John Mark Comer kick these days I love everything he's written about spiritual rhythms and sabbath but something he says is um, like nothing good comes from hustle and hurry Mm -hmm. and he just talks about like how everything in his life, the worst moments of his life stem from hurry. Um, And just that picture of like that all good things in his life actually stem from rest. And just even that picture of how he, um, he talks about like relating to his family, how he talks to his kids, you know, in the moments that he feels hurried and not at rest, he often responds very like aggressively or, or shuts them down. And it's in those moments of his heart being at rest that he's actually able to respond in love to them and uh, I just think that's so true too of like our neighbors right like it when we are at rest our whole being is different um, everything about how we think and feel and act is stemming from that place of of rest and not needing to strive to be anything other than what we are in Christ and out of that I think stems you know, the, the, the spirit at work, the fruit of the spirit in our life. It's from that place of resting um, in him that we actually 
yeah, are able to love our neighbor and our friends and ourselves even, mm-hmm. um, and God. And I think there is both this like the spiritual rest of abiding in Christ and like resting in, in who he is, as well as like just slowing down, like you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as you said that, I was like, yeah, I've never done anything good when I was hurrying. Like I get so mm-hmm. frazzled. I, f- I forget yeah. everything at home and I run out the door and I have to come back like five times <laughs> because <laughs> I've forgotten like my keys, my phone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. whenever I'm rude to people when I'm in a hurry, like... And, and, you know, th- this is really countercultural for Power to Change students um, because students in campus ministry are so busy, like so busy because they're studying, you know, they might be in really demanding programs and then they're running small groups and they're in a small group. They're going to weekly meeting. They're running a booth on campus. And those are all like amazing things, God glorifying things. But. I mean, to take rest and Sabbath seriously, it means sometimes you have to tell your staff or your student leader that you're not going to something. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the leaders on campus, the student leaders and the staff, they need to take seriously God's command in Deuteronomy when um, he says, you know, you need to rest and you're <laughs> obviously students aren't servants. But he says, you need to rest, your servants need to rest, your children need to rest, your animals need to rest. And so if if you're on campus as a student leader, you need to help equip the people in your small group to rest um, and and not be setting up an environment such that that's not possible for them. So I I think it's something we all have to take seriously as as people in in ministry and in positions of leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are probably like the two hardest areas. I would imagine, (laughs) to actually rest. Like, as people in ministry, the work is never done. And the demands of people that we serve um, are always, yeah, always there. And we care about people and we want to be there for them and to help them and to journey with them. And it's so hard to say no to people. I think it's easy to say no to tasks and harder to say no to people. And that's a hard part of of ministry and then students like their schedule is so fluid right there's always something else to study <laughs> there's always a test coming up and so I think it's very easy for all of us to make excuses about why we can't mm-hmm. sabbath and like that God understands we are in ministry or God understands we're a student um and that is true and that is why he told us to rest <laughs> I think that he that yeah our busy lifestyles are not an excuse not to to rest but probably a sign that all the more we need to obey that command um to rest yeah I I understand why I think that because I'm in ministry um and the work is sort of framed in the idea of like wanting to glorify God and see his his love you know shared with the world I understand why I fall into the trap of thinking that um it's, it, it's just a treadmill because, I, what, I'm going to say no to his kingdom advancing? I'm going to say no to preaching Christ? I mean, that has to be wrong, right? And yet, again, it's like that um, work of Sabbath rest that we lay hold of by faith where we say, it's Christ who builds his church. He's the one who glorifies his name and calls his people. And yeah, he sometimes uses me to do it, but he doesn't have to, and it's not always. And his work is going to always be done. And um, yeah, to obey the command to rest does not mean that Christ's kingdom is going to fall apart because he is the king and he's going to build it. And he will build it through my Sabbath rest. He will. Yeah, I think in the past few years, I've been thinking about God's kingdom too as not something that um, I build, but actually something that I inherit, that God is actually the one who's building it, and and I actually am just going to inherit this kingdom. Um, And I, I think that's helpful to just like let go and trust, like God is actually the one who does this, and um, I get to be a part of like the good goodness of the good work in built in inheriting it. I even was going to use building there again, but um, as we as we think about students um, and just their you know their life, like Graham, you mentioned how it's like hard. I think we've we've all been students. We've 
but we all probably weren't really practicing Sabbath when we were students. <laughs> and um, and, it, and it's like so hard for us, maybe even now, like um, to practice Sabbath. I don't know if it is or not, but for me, I find it quite difficult to still practice it. Um, and so how do we help? Um, what, like, what advice do you actually have for students as they attempt to, to practice Sabbath? I think it, it takes um, planning. So I think if, if your desire is to cease from all work, let's just even say for a chunk of a day, like Sunday afternoon or something, then that means you're going to need to do a little bit more reading on Friday afternoon, <laughs> or um, you'll need to do your grocery shopping on Thursday morning when you don't have a class. Um, so like you'll need to say, what are the chores that I'm usually filling that time with and, and where can I you know put them elsewhere in the week? So I think there needs to be planning that goes into it. And I, I just think so many of us, we actually don't know the things that bring us delight. And so I think it would just be really great to sit down and, and think about that and be like, do I want to in, enroll in a dance class or do I want to um, get some friends together um, like I think we just need to think about that and, and set a priority to do that uh, uh, as part of our week uh, yeah I would just think with that is thinking about the things that prevent us from Sabbath and just being aware of those things and being just like really diligent <laughs> to rid that day of those things so for me um, and I mean I think I will say this maybe for all of us, but definitely for myself, that all of these things are, um, that I'm talking about are definitely still things that I'm like working on. <laughs> I'm definitely not where I want to be in my Sabbath practice. Um, definitely a lot further than I was two years ago, but still a long way to go. And so for me, I think technology is just something that I have recognized in my life is the biggest hindrance to me um, connecting with God. And so, um, yeah, I just think about the passage when it talks about like, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Like there's just like this really deliberate, uh, drawing a line in the sand and just getting rid of it. And I think for me, technology on my Sabbath day, and I think as a rhythm throughout my whole life, not just on Sabbath is really ridding the distractions um, that prevent me from spending time with God. And so, yeah, trying to, like, I don't watch, like, TV or, or Netflix on my Sabbath because I can just get pulled into the binge mode of, like, are you still watching? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, like, avoid it because I know I'll get sucked into it. And same with, like, Instagram. Um, I only... I, I tend to actually use Instagram as a, a form of journaling. And so on my Sabbath, I will um, often post like a, a journal post, but I um, avoid like scrolling and getting sucked into other things. I use it more so as just a, a way to process the things that God is, is teaching me and to share that with others to encourage them as well. And so, yeah, technology is, for me is a big one that I'm really working on ridding that distraction specifically on my Sabbath, but also throughout the week. It, it's helpful, Emily, because I feel like you're pointing out that it's a bit of a two-sided coin where you, you pick your chunk of time and then you think, what will I not do during yeah. this time? And yes. what will I do? Yeah. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. I love that too, because um, I love the what will I not do, like being really honest about your limitations, which you talked about earlier, Emily, and also your peculiar weaknesses, the things that just draw you in. And then you're like, how did I how did I even get here? Um, and that was no good for me at all. Um, that's super important. And then also on the flip side, what are the things that bring me great delight? So it's not like just you have to do and then it's this terrible list of very, very hard things. There, th there are things that God has made you for, good gifts that God has made you for, to experience and to enjoy. And so I think those are two great questions. The other thing that I would love for students to think about is um, that what it, the work of Sabbath, where by which we enter into, you know, um, deep rest. Why, if that's hard for me, why is that hard for me? And what's going on inside my heart that causes me to avoid it, 
to not believe it, to whatever. What are the, the fears, the brokennesses, the, um, um, the doubts that I have that Jesus can address so that I can walk in his Sabbath rest? And that is a good work. It's just asking that diagnostic question, why is this hard for me? Why don't I want it? Or why do I want it but think it's not for me? Why do I feel guilty imbibing in it? What is the thing about it that I just can't lay hold of and believe in? And do that hard work, search that out, um, so that you're freed to believe in Christ in the way that he has made you to believe. Some of us have had things in our lives that have warped our view of God. And they keep us from so many good things that God has to offer. Inviting Christ in and to search our heart and to know it so that we can know him in turn um, is such a great work um, and is part of Sabbath rest, I think. Yeah, that resonates with me as an avoider of pain at the core root of my identity. Yes, yes. (laughs) That, uh, That I've actually seen, yeah, as I have leaned into those places and really understood what was motivating me and and why I felt those things that is actually through walking through those things that I experienced God more deeply and so yeah I definitely agree if we know what makes us weary and what we're burdened with I mean it just seems like rest follows right come to me all mm-hmm. you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest um, yeah it's a promise yeah and I say with all of these things too like probably my best piece of advice is just try it and don't give up. Like, I think that's probably also a stolen tip. But um, yeah, just like I think we can get so discouraged when we think about like spiritual disciplines as just like we got to check it off and do it right. And I think there's just so much coming at us from the world. It's like we are sucked into this whole other world and identity six days a week. And to break out of that is hard. And Mm -hmm. to break all of the ways that culture is shaping us, like with our phone, like putting our phone down is hard. Like it is like the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life is trying to like break my addiction to my phone. And yeah, and so I think it's so easy to get discouraged that like, oh, I, I don't feel like I really was refreshed or rested well um, this Sabbath. And so um, it's so easy to just give up and be like, well, I can't, I can't rest. I can't Sabbath well. And so I'm just not going to. And I think that's such a lie from the enemy that I, I think, especially in this day and age, I think that is just his primary like tactic against us is just prevent us, distract us from rest and uh, and that'll burn us out. And so I think just fight, like keep fighting um, to find rest and to find, yeah, how you rest best with God. Um, and uh, I love how Jefferson Bethke, I love how he talks about um, spiritual rhythms as a whole as not um, like goals, but as formations and asking the question like not have I done that thing, but who am I becoming? Um, and I think that's such a beautiful way to look at, at Sabbath as a way to become more like Jesus. And it's, we're not going to get there overnight. We're not going to experience that until we're with him fully in heaven. But that process of like, um, how can this day set aside to rest actually help me become more like Jesus? And so there's not this picture of like shame or discouragement if it doesn't go perfectly. Um, but there's places just to like celebrate like you know what yep I went on my phone longer than I intended on my Sabbath but hey I like really felt God speak to me through this scripture and I'm gonna take take that and apply it to next week when I Sabbath I'm gonna try a little harder to put my phone maybe in the room away from me and spend more time in scripture or whatever it might be but yeah to just like not give up keep trying Mm -hmm. um it's a practice and we get better at practices Mm-hmm. the more we practice them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have nothing more to add. I don't even want to like add to take, it'll just take away from everything that was shared. Um, yeah. That was like so helpful in so many different ways. Everything that you guys all shared. Um, yeah. I'm just still thinking about the idea of practicing. Like 
I remember my like the thing that kind of comes to my mind is like playing the piano like I I at one time did kind of learn how to play the piano in my life (laughs) but I wasn't I wasn't like amazing at it but it did like it takes practice Mm. and um yeah it, it would be great to um for all of us I think to to just like acknowledge like we will not do this perfectly but the sabbath was created for us Mm. right like that was the verse that wendy you shared earlier it was created for us Mm. to rest in god to be shaped by our rest in god to enjoy Mm. him to bask in the goodness of his creation and in good relationships um And so that would be a light to the world. And we don't need to make the same mistakes of becoming legalists like we've seen throughout the Bible and how they they did Sabbath. Like we are free uh, to enjoy God, right? And and so I, I really hope that this is something that our students and people listening will actually practice and attempt, uh, even if it isn't perfect. I am that person myself, you know, so I'm like, yes, I need to hear these things. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm so, so, so grateful that you guys could be a part of this um, episode and that you could share all your thoughts and wisdom with us. And I'm sure there's like so much more that you could probably say on this topic because you're right, like, there's a whole book. Uh, the Bible just talks like endlessly about sabbath um and so uh we could write and there's probably tons of books written on sabbath tons of resources on it by others as well um but it's something to invest in because it is uh, our life and it, it does form us and shape us more into the image of god and so yeah i'm i'm so happy <laughs> After every episode, we love to just give you a couple of questions to process what you've just heard. And there was so much in this episode, and so I hope that you were taking notes or something to process some of the added questions that they offered you. But here's just a few to help you hear where God might be moving in your life and shaping and forming you from this episode. What has God uniquely made you to love and enjoy? What people, places, or activities help you enjoy God? What hinders you from enjoying Him? Why is Sabbath rest hard for you? What are the broken places and fears that hold you back from experiencing rest in God? How can you invite Jesus into the work of finding your rest in Him? I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and that you learn what it looks like to rest in God and that you would grow in your love for him and your love for others. 